Welcome to the weekly podcast of Upper Room Christian Fellowship in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you for listening. Whenever you think of a nativity scene, you're always thinking of Joseph, Mary, the baby Jesus, the shepherds. Then later on, the wise men come in. Of course, we always have in the nativity scene, the wise men kind of in the background, but usually, actually, they didn't show up till like a year or two later. That's okay. But we forget about somebody, or really a powerful presence, really, is the angels. The angels and what their role was in the Christmas story, which is really powerful. And if you would, this morning, I'd like to just briefly look at that. I say briefly because those that attend here know that that's something that I don't do very well. But we'll try, not to keep you too long. But if you would, let's join in a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for just the, the glorious story, the glorious truth, the glorious presence of our Lord and Savior. It wasn't just 2,000 years ago. You're here now in our presence, and we just thank you and we rejoice in that. Help us, Lord, to put our hearts towards you. Help us to have minds that are acutely attentive to what your Spirit would teach each of us this morning. We just pray that we, too, would have the heart of a child, but also the voice of an angel. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Eighty percent of Americans, a recent poll says, believe in angels. How many of those are Christians? I couldn't tell you. In the Christmas story, they're mentioned four times. One, of course, you know, Mary. But before that was actually Zacharias. Zacharias was one that really did not hold to what the angel was telling them because they were older. And they really didn't believe that they can get impregnated and have a child. In fact, if you will, uh, Zacharias was told this. How shall I know this, Zacharias says, excuse me, for I'm old and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not be able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their time. It's interesting, huh? Would you believe an angel if he came to you and spoke to you? Most of the time in Scripture, when somebody is in the presence of an angel, they fall down and typically the angel will say, do not be afraid. In fact, that's what Mary heard. But Gabriel's an interesting person. Because besides Michael, he's the only other angel mentioned in the Bible. I know we hear about these other angels, but again, if you will, they're myths and legends. Really don't know. But Gabriel's an interesting person because, if you will, his name means strong man or mighty man or a warrior of God. In fact, if you will, it's mighty man of God, strong man of God, a warrior of God. Now, he's in the presence of God. Four times Gabriel is mentioned in the Bible, twice with Daniel. Each time his message is something to do with the coming Messiah. What's interesting is in Daniel, he says this, Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused, fly swiftly, 
reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Now, the reason why this is interesting is because later on another angel will come and it takes him 21 days to get there because of the battle, the spiritual battles that are going around. What's interesting is Gabriel immediately comes. And because of this and the passage of Gabriel being a strong man, a warrior of God, some believe that he's an archangel, but we really have no proof or evidence of that. But we can say this, he was a very powerful angel. In fact, that's why he said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Now, angel means messenger, and Gabriel was a messenger of God. Of telling the world about a truth. Telling the world about a story, a wonderful story. A story that an angel spoke of. But again, the question would be, if an angel showed up to you, would you believe in the truth of the story. But understand something, because Paul says something, beware. Beware that if even an angel comes to you with a different message, don't listen. Hmm. But also understanding of Gabriel, he also went to somebody else. If I may, I'm going to read from Luke chapter 1. You know the story, very familiar. It's about Mary. Starting in verse 26. Now, the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having become, in the, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of God of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, also conceived and bring forth a son in her age. And now the sixth month for her, which was called barren, for with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And then Gabriel departed. Now, the reason why I bring that up, not only because it's the Christmas story, but it's a very fascinating, really, if you will, picture. Because you have Gabriel, who's telling Zacharias, who should have known better, because he's standing there. And they've probably been praying for years and years and years to have a child. And Gabriel goes, hey, good news, answer prayer. And he goes, what? How can this be? I'm old, come on, what are you talking about? Now you can see the power and the impact that Gabriel's trying to bring forth. He's saying... I'm Gabriel. I stand in his presence. Let every tongue be silent. Let every heart bow. But to Mary, it's different. Why? Because again, Mary was of the age of somewhere between 13 and 17 years old. She was just 
a child. Tender, reassuring, but noticing she's accepting what he's speaking to her. She's accepting this maybe the most amazing story that's ever been told. That she's conceiving in her womb someone that's very special. In fact, his name should be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, we know the other story is Joseph. Joseph, again, in a dream, because he's thinking, well, wait a minute, she's impregnated. It's not by me. And so he was going to put her away quietly. Because, again, what he could have done was he could have made it known to the judges of that time, and they would have stoned her to death. Joseph didn't want that. But still, not wanting to marry her, the angel came to him at night. We don't know if it was Gabriel or not. And said, take forth this woman, for she was conceived of the Holy Spirit. And the child within her is holy. And again, Joseph did the bidding of the angel, obedient What's interesting, again, is not only we see the tenderness and the assurance of the angels, but again, amazement. Up here we had some angels singing. Sometimes they were very quiet. and Sometimes you're kind of hoping they would just kind of raise their voice. But, you know, that's kind of the way we are, too. We're kind of reserved about such things. But see, music and song is really a powerful thing in Scripture. In fact, we read in Job that the angels themselves sang at the creation of God. In fact, when Job, God was questioning Job, he said, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Who stretched the line upon it? To what were the foundations fastened or laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? See, they were in the presence of the Almighty One when He was creating all things. And they couldn't help but keep it within them. They had to sing. They had to give Him praise. They had to give Him honor and glory for the majesty and the beauty of all creation. And the next time we see in Scripture that they're singing is actually, again, we find in the Christmas story. If you will, in verse 9 of chapter 2, you know the story. In fact, let's go to verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you in this day the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Now, again reading that, and I'm sure you have many a times, you're thinking, oh, this is a beautiful story, picturesque out in the fields. There's shepherds and they're keeping watch over their sheep. And then the angels come and they, they sing to the to the shepherds. Because that's what the word can also mean, is to sing. But you think, oh, it's so picturesque and beautiful. But again, we have to understand what shepherds were at this time. These shepherds were probably keeping the sheep for the temple. And they were not known as being very, if you will, righteous men 
they were known to have light fingers. They were not trusted. They're out in the field, and if you will, in the weather, which sometimes we don't fully understand. But they're keeping watch over sheep because the two shepherd was being born. But see, what's amazing is I'll read, if you will, from Gal Irwin of saying that if I were in charge, if you will, of the responsibility of letting know that God's son was born, he says it this way. First, if God would have consulted with me, I would have recommended that he make an announcement with a little more flair. Perhaps should stand, he should have stood on the moon with an expensive microphone, hang two billion watt speakers out in space, and then broadcast, Hello, world, this is God. Or since God chose to go with a choir, I would have recommended that he follow the chain of command and go to the Sanhedrin. First, or at least, use his energies wisely and go to the marketplace. Get the announcement to the greatest number of people in the shortest time. But no, he persists in picking a desolate spot. What if you had been one of the members of that angelic choir, chosen to announce the birth? For 200 years you have been practicing, anticipating the glorious presentation. Everything is in its perfect tune, timing for the concert of the ages. For a hundred years, they have been building a stage in the sky for this great moment. Then Gabriel says, he's born, you're on, fellows. The curtain is pulled back. You see the crowd. Six shepherds? What a letdown. Okay, someone asks, who is in charge of posters? Six shepherds and a multitude of angels declaring and proclaiming that he's born. If you will, actually the one that created them. Think with me how this must have been bewettled them. That the one that created them came as a baby. How they must have wondered about this. Paul and Timothy says this, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels. Do you ever wonder why that's there? Because the angels were looking at him who created all things with the word that they sang at the praises of him as he created everything. And now they see him as one of their his creation coming as a baby, born in a stable, a stable A stable, stinky, smelly stable. This is where God chose to be born. Not in a palace. Not coming to the earth as a 30-year-old man with waving blonde hair, piercing blue eyes. And everybody would just see the halo behind him and say, hey, that must be the Son of God. He didn't do that. He came as a baby in a stinky stable. But still the angels were there. The angels were proclaiming, Behold, Him who created all things has become a child. Do you hear us? What would you do if an angel came to you? Would you believe? Maybe now we understand why Peter said this. To them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. Why do they desire to look into? Because they are amazed. That this God 
that created you and I would become as you and I, as a man. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sacrifices and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I would declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will sing to you. (laughs) Amazing. Can you draw a picture? No. The Hubble's now sending pictures back and we're seeing beautiful pictures of, of the heavens and they still pale in, in comparison to the glory of God. In fact, Scripture says that when God reveals His glory to all creation, it just basically vanishes away because it has to because God is so glorious. And God created these messengers, these angels that stand in His presence, if you will, that are also called sons of God, just as you and I are, created in God's image, just as you are. But see, when He made man, He made man inferior, because again, it was in the celestial body, it was a terrestrial body. But still, in God's economy, He put man in a position that He would rule the earth. He would rule the creation that God created. Not the angels, if you will. But see, when man fell, what God did in His internal plan was to send forth His Son to come as a man. And the angels, seeing that He was born as a man, as a child, He did it for only really one reason. To bring you and I back into the place that we were supposed to be in ruling His creation. Isn't that amazing? It says that now, because he has become a man, he's elevated man. And that man shall reign with him. Oh, this is too wonderful a story, isn't it? It's too powerful of a story. Makes you want to sing. It wants to make you just to praise him. Give Him the glory that He deserves. That He would do this for you and I. That the angels themselves are just bewildered and wondering about these things. In fact, right now they're listening. They're watching your faces. They're watching you to see how you respond. Because see, even at the end of time, even at the end of all things, God does not have not have a witness for Himself. That man may be silent, but here, the words in Revelation, that I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Don't you get it? They would say. Don't you see? They would tell us. Have you not heard? God became a man. And God died for you. 
Uh, that song doesn't end there, though. The song can end there. Revelation chapter 5. Now we had taken the scroll, the four living creatures, and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp of golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nations have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard a voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders and the numbers of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard them saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power to be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then I saw the four living creatures say, Amen. Angels and man singing and praising God together for the sacrifice that this Creator gave for you and me. But see, it makes me wonder too because we understand something. That there were fallen angels. Angels that stood in the presence of God and rejected His glory. Rejected His majesty. And sinned. Separating themselves from God forever. There can be no Savior for angels. How many of those angels wondered about these that were once close to them? Why would they ever leave the presence of God? Why would they ever do what they did? No Savior. But then they would look at us and go, Oh, wise ones that were chosen from the foundation of the world. You listened. You heard. You came. Now you join in. in praising Him who is eternal who loves you so much that He gave His only begotten Son, that you too have come and joined with us in a choir. And if you notice, I read joy more than once, rejoicing in God, your Savior. See, that's the Christmas story, that you and I get to join together with those angelical hosts that proclaims something. And sometimes we proclaim it to people that you would think are undeserving. But then if you really think about it, you and I are undeserving. We all are. We all are just a bunch of light-fingered people. Full of sin. But see, it's to you and it's to me that God came. Proclaiming the truth of this good message, the good news, 
that though you were once separated, you can now be joined to him. Peace and goodwill toward man. That's God. Toward us. Bringing forth a child. That angels still are bewildered. That he would do such a great task. I hope to find that you too understand these things. I hope to find that you too understand what Jesus did for you. I hope to find that you spend some time this Christmas, even if you can't sing out loud, to sing in your heart to Him for what He has done. And if you've never given your heart to the Lord, then I, I hope you heard the message. I hope you heard it in such a way that was unique and different for you. That you understand that there is something more to life than what you've been grasping onto. That Christmas, though, it's become so commercialized that there's the heart of the story is so powerful and so majestic. It's no wonder that the enemy is trying to lessen it to Gifts and presence and selfishness. No, this is too great of a story to just keep to ourselves. My prayer is that each of you have come to know Him. Hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinner reconciled. Joyful all ye nations, join the triumph of the skies. With the angel, angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the truth of the message, of the gospel message. Lord, when your word is spoken and we listen and receive it, it brings forth fruit, brings forth life, and opens our eyes to the beauty of who you are and the wonder of your creation. Father, my prayer is for each of us that this Christmas that we grab hold of what it really means to be a child of the living God through Christ. I pray that we would join with the angels and sing, that we'd rejoice regardless of what we find ourselves in the predicament that we're in this time in our lives. Just the wonder and the mystery, the majesty that God became a baby, that God became a man, that God would take the sin of the world upon Himself, and take it to a cross. But even there, you did not leave him in corruption. But he rose again from the dead. Just ask you, is that something that you've never declared in your hearts? Have you ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I know. There's always next Christmas, right? 
There's always tomorrow. Truth is, you don't know how long you have. You don't know when your breath ends. Your life is done. Will you be a part of that angelic host in all creation that sings the glory of God? Or will you be one of those that are in a place of separation from Him for eternity? Cursing your own life. See, it's either praise or it's cursing. <clears throat> There's no middle ground. You're either for Him or you're against Him. Where do you find yourself this morning? I want to give you an opportunity. Nobody's looking around. Don't worry. Everybody's eyes are bowed. And even that, it's not something to keep you from doing it or not doing it. Because the honest truth is you want God to see you. Do you want Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Is your heart being pricked right now? Don't miss that. That's the Holy Spirit. Come to Him. See, if you believe in your heart... Jesus Christ died for your sins, you shall be saved. I give you the chance right now to make a proclamation. Do you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Then I ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm separated from you. I know that my heart has been in rebellion against you. In fact, at times, I even hated you for not doing the things that I wanted. I've come to the realization the understanding that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Be my Lord and Savior. From this time forth and forevermore, be my Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.